Society, aka the Brunton Bugle. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of your one-stop shop for all things Cal United in the podcast world. From Reg Keating to Peter Keane and Trevor Malloy to Lee Madison, we've got it covered. And in today's episode, it's the last proper episode of the se- uh, this season. Uh, we're going to be doing a, a roundup of the latest news, including details of a uh, new contract and announcements of the first pre-season friendlies. We're going to be uh, discussing some of the topics raised at this week's fans forum, including some quite interesting revelations, I think, about the uh, future of the club's ownership. Uh, we'll also be having a quick look down the release list for League One and League Two clubs, see if there's any players United maybe should be having a go at. And uh, there's also going to be a quick play review on how we think players have gotten on this season. And as usual, we've got the usual uh, ex- roundup of ex-Blues and what they've been getting up to around the world. And I'm joined this episode by Dan McLennan. Dan, how's it going, Mara? Not too bad, mate. Uh, God, it's been a bit of a slog this season, isn't it? Normally, we've stopped saying what number of episodes they are, but this is actually episode 50. <laughs> yeah. Incredibly, isn't it? Yeah. The amount uh... we've got in of this last year. It's been, it's been hard work at times, but it's been Look, enjoyable. Looking forward to having a couple of weeks off in June. It'll be nice, won't it? Yeah, we'll, yeah. Uh, like I said, we'll be getting the specials out of them. We'll, we'll, get, we'll talk more about that at the end of the episode. Do you know what the link is between the four players? Ooh, have they all played for a certain club as well as us? No. Uh, it's goals. They've all oh. scored one goal for us. <laughs> right. Interestingly. That's why Peter Keane's a bit the red herring there. Yeah, yeah. Don't necessarily think about that straight away. Blackpool on a Tuesday night, that wasn't Indeed it? Indeed it was, yeah. I mean, Reg Keating, bear in mind, that's, you're going back to the 1930s yeah. for that one. So. I've, I've, I've seen his name. I think he was possibly just before World War II either. Yes, he was. He was, that's who he was, yeah. And obviously yeah. Trevor Molloy, was it was the penalty at Lincoln in that infamous Battle of Sinsil Bank? Yeah. And Lee Madison's goal. If you've not seen it, go to Jeff... Uh, Jackson's um, archive of Cal United's highlights on YouTube. It was a rocket, wasn't it? This one, yeah, yeah, like thirty yards into the top corner from a player you'd never imagine would score a goal <laughs> like that, would you? Never in a million years. Yeah. Well, we've got a big to get through to today, even though we haven't got any matches to review. So uh, let's get straight into it. So we'll go, go straight into the news this week. Change it back to the way it normally should be, like, unlike last week. Um, and it's a bit of good news aside, isn't it, Dan? So it's some contract news. Um, so a few weeks ago, it was announced that Josh Dixon was one of our four young players who were having their one-year extension option in their contracts triggered for next season. But it actually seems the club have been working behind the scenes on something a bit longer. So uh, the Carla Bond midfielder is now signed a deal to keep him at the club till the summer of 2023. So a new two-year deal. Um, he's been so unlucky of injuries over the last couple of years, Josh, hasn't he, Dan? And he's worked so hard to get himself back up to fitness and... He, he didn't really get a preseason last summer. I just really hope this is the club showing some good faith in him and saying that we want you to achieve big things next season. Yeah. Um, I mean, when, when he played in that friendly against Hibs, was it two years ago now, this yeah. summer? Fact, I, he, he was, was the best. Maybe. I can't remember. He, yeah. he was the best player on the pitch. Yeah. 
He was excellent. Wasn't you know, he? and he, he was eighteen year old. Yeah, and then obviously he had the uh, the unfortunate double injury, but I think it sort of it shows the regard in which to hold him. Yeah, uh, both well, both him and Charters, you know, very mm. similar. Dixon's a year older, yeah. but to uh, to give him a two year deal, obviously the, you know, hopefully he's uh, he's going to come back fit and ready to go in July and. Uh, no, it's on, only good news, especially with her being a, a local lad. Yeah, and it, it maybe suggests possibly that we're not looking to target midfields and places. Maybe one new player in there, possibly, but maybe not. A, I, I, a I, don't kind of, think, I don't think we will be, to be honest. When, Unless, when, of course, someone When, comes when we go Calum on Guy. to it later, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if someone comes in for Callum Guy, obviously, that that would change things a little bit. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. But there you go. Uh, possibly, maybe they'll look at some of the other younger players and get in new deals for them. It wouldn't be a surprise if the likes of Armour, Charters, Tanner were all yeah. looked at. I think Tanner's maybe, more... Maybe even Hayden. Possibly, yeah. I'd, I'd imagine with those that Armour and Taylor's with the, Taylor sorry, would be the obvious ones to look at because both of them are really young lads and yeah. there's a chance they extend longer. Tanner's a little bit older and he's a bit more of a, a prize asset, so it might be a bit more of a challenge to get him tied down for another year. Yeah, but hopefully, yeah. hopefully we can get something sort of him. Um yeah. Another bit of contract news is uh, Morgan Feeney signed his uh, new deal. Rumours sort of suggested he was, this was going to happen, didn't it, Dan? We always had a, yeah, an inkling it was coming, but, yeah. but it's good news. He signed a summer contract till the summer of 2022, and I don't understand there's an option as well, isn't there, for another year? But and I think it, it, seemed, it suggested it was in our favour, so yeah. if he does do well, it wouldn't be a surprise if that was activated come January. Yeah, you know? I'd imagine it's one we'd probably look to trigger pretty quickly if he yeah. say he starts the first 15 games of the season, you'd be like, right, he's tied down. And then that's the point when you say, right, we trigger you for next year, but we want to get you on in a longer deal. Yeah, yeah. Get him to sign for longer. So there you go. Yeah. Next up, Dan, this is the bit that's got both of me and you excited, isn't it? It doesn't seem that long since the the last game finished, but the club have finally announced, uh, well, not finally announced, but they've, they've announced the first set of pre-season friendlies for, for the summer, haven't they? I mean, Last summer, it took so long to announce the friendlies, didn't it? Because of that, we didn't know when the season was going to start. Yeah, last summer was, uh, I think clubs were scratching around trying to... Well, Grimsby to, played one friendly last yeah. summer, which tells I mean, I, I think we ended up playing, was it Liverpool under 23s for one of ours? Yeah. Which, you know, yeah. just both obviously had a date. Someone knows someone. Fancy a game. Yeah, that'll do. Well, Mark Bridge-Wilkinson probably be involved around about there. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, the first set have been announced. They're all against non-legals, which you know these are the games you expect. They're basically against local sides and a few other further afield, isn't it? So you've got your your Prenriffs, your Workingtons, and your Kendalls all in there. But there's also games against Hebben Town, Chorley, and Lancaster City. Um, some interesting ones in those. I mean, a little bit disappointed the Prenriffs on a Tuesday night because I was really looking forward to going to that one, but probably won't make that. Now I'd imagine you'll be there, won't you? you yeah, I'll, I should be through through for that one. Yeah, but uh, yeah. no. I'm, I, I, it, I'm looking at the date of that 13th. Is that a little bit late or? I think it's early. Sorry, uh, no, sorry, sorry, late. Sorry, you're right. Exactly right. Yes, I, I would have maybe expected one on the 10th. I wonder sometimes maybe they try not to play it around the Euros. Finals, yeah, yeah, they, but, yeah, yeah. But then the finals on the Sunday, isn't it? So it doesn't yeah. necessarily affect it. But but yeah, you do wonder maybe if there's one more in there potentially they yeah. might announce. But so, I, I, I mean, the glaring thing is obviously. It's all non-league, yeah. and Saturdays twenty uh, fourth and thirty first don't have games yet. I would imagine there will be games against bigger and better opposition. I mean, uh, Chris Beach already sort of said there was 
irons in the fire for a couple of mm. you know decent games. So. Look forward to Blackpool and Fleetwood being announced then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe Middlesbrough if we're lucky. <laughs> yeah, Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough reserves always used to be, uh, didn't it? Every but season. I, I think much. I think the team who've come out with it a little bit harshly are probably Hebben Town. Yeah, because th- this was agreed as part of uh, Ke- Kedwin Scott coming, and to play them on the same day we're playing Workington. It's a little bit harsh. I mean, working to the stronger team, you'd imagine we're likely to send the stronger side. Or... Well, you well, well, well wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. Following the announcement midweek of the uh, new non-league setup, Workington and Hebben are both at the same level. Interesting. They play West, one's in the West Division, one's in the East Division. What you would say there is that Workington have been pretty much gunning and yeah, for promotion yeah, the last yeah. couple of seasons. Yeah. Hebben have jumped up a league yeah heaven have uh, moved upwards so yeah so I, i'd imagine work they're probably going to split the squad down the middle maybe they'll send a slightly stronger one to work into possibly i don't know but it's hard to tell on that one it's a shame because I, i would have loved to have gone to heaven and to workington I, i'm gonna have to probably pick one of the two and yeah most yeah. likely i'm gonna pick workington because i can yeah. go see the family for the weekend so yeah yeah bit of a frustrating with that one yeah um, and, and i would say we'll probably see the same again with uh Charlie and Kendall being on Tuesday and Wednesday, you know. Yeah, you'd think so. The, the, those who play against Charlie will be on the bench against Kendall and and vice versa, you would expect. You imagine uh, Chris Beach is going to walk to the Charlie game, isn't he? You'd think, cause he, <laughs> it's interesting. It's just like when, um, is it Neil Warnock? Every club he goes at, he always arranges friendlies down in, in Devon and Cornwall, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. That's where he actually lives. People don't yeah. necessarily realise that. Yeah. And every I think when he was at, I think it was, he was at Middlesbrough, You basically arrange the players to come and have a big barbecue or something like that. This <laughs> yeah. is cooking or something. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. So yeah. it, obviously, these are all subject to fans being allowed. I, I would like to think they are by then. If if you were going to pick one, Charlie's a great, uh, it's a great little proper non-league ground. Charlie, yeah, I, it is. I yeah. I went there for a match when I was on a course in Wigan once, and you know it was a proper proper little ground. And yeah. again, the, the following week, Lancaster City. You know, I mean. We've all seen. You can all see Lancaster's ground from the train station. It's a, yeah. uh, it's a cracking little non-league ground and the giant you know, axe. One of the best. The giant names. axe. One of one the of best, best names. Yeah, yeah. I think the only one that's better is I think is it down in is it lose the dripping pan. <laughs> yeah. Amazing name for it. Yeah. But I mean, I've got some interesting facts for you about the friendlies. Dan, there's only a handful here, but uh, we've never actually played Chorley or Hebburn before in either a friendly or a competitive fixture. That surprised me. I genuinely thought. We would have played Charlie at some point, at the very least, but we've never played. Surprise that, and we've never played Bamber Bridge. I thought we'd played Bamber Bridge at some point, but I've been looking through. I've got these facts, I should say, from um, Jeff Jackson's excellent Carlisle Programs website, which has a list of all the friendlies we've played since I think nineteen twenty-three or something like that. So a little bit of a surprise that. Um, bit did of a fact. we not? Did we not play Heaven Rayroll once? It's not listed down as one of the things. So unless mm. it's they just it's just the the second end of the name on the site. There's no link to, link to Hebburn mm. there. Hebburn is, of course, the hometown of Brendan Foster, the founder of the Great North Run. There's a good fact for you. Um, it's the first time we've played Lancaster City since July 2004. And when we played them that summer, we were a conference side and they were a conference north side. It's mad, that, isn't it? We uh, won that game 3-2. Uh, the first time we actually played them was back in 1931. We actually lost that game 5-1 in a pre-season friendly. And they they were a non-league side, and we were a football league side by then. So a little bit of a surprise, that. 
Um, it's the 47th time we'll be playing Workington in a friendly since 1923. We haven't played any other side as many times as Workington. Who do you reckon the second most common side we've played? Penrith will be up there. Uh, I wonder if Gateshead's up there. Neither of them two. Uh, I'll give you a Ken- clue. Kendall? It's a side we haven't actually played in front of a crowd since 2007. Uh, let me have a little think. Relatively local. Uh, I will guess we're Queen of the South. Yes, Queen of the South. Yeah, yeah it just came to me there. 32 times we've played Queen of the South. We, we used to play them like every season back in like the 30s and 40s and stuff like that. During, I think it was the 80s and 90s, there was a bit of a border TV cup mm. with... Uh, Berwick and Stranra, when, when you actually, if you pinned all those teams on a map, there's absolutely, you know, Stranra to Berwick's a ridiculous journey. But Yeah, exactly. It's a weird one, isn't it? So, so there you go. I always kind of think it's a shame we don't play Queen and South more often. I know you're not fussed on them, but... I, I, will, I, I don't mind going up to, to watch a Queen of the South game now and again. I went to watch yeah. uh, their playoff the other year when they hammered Montrose 5-0 when... Stephen Dobby absolutely ripped them apart mm. in the first half and uh, it was a good little afternoon out. Yeah, I think the next most common after Queen and South, I think Barrow and um, and Kendall are round about yeah, Pen- yeah. Penrith basically. It's, it's sort of a fight between those ones really. But uh, but there you go. So there, the, the, that's the uh, pre-season friendlies summed up. Moving on next, it's, it's sort of a, a news bit. Well, it, it's, it's sort of moving on from news, but it's a little bit of a, a roundup from the fans forum. So as we discussed on last week's show, uh, there was a director and owner's Fans Forum took place at Brunton Park this week via live stream. Um, you, Dan, were there with uh, Matt Spooner and uh, Simon Clarkson ha- handling the questions. And I think it's fair to say, Dan, for once, there was actually some quite interesting revelations that came out this evening, wasn't there? Mm, yeah, it was uh, It was quite interesting. Obviously, we invited questions prior. I spent a couple of hours sort of grouping them together so that, you know, there was a bit of continuity to the to the question asking. Uh, it was impossible to ask every question on the night. We'll come on to that at the end of this little bit. And we found that one or two answers sort of covered questions that were about to be asked. But we we, we tried our best. And uh, obviously, as we're about to mention, there is a second forum coming up to cover those that didn't get asked. But, uh, you know, some of the bits that came out were were definitely worth talking about. Yeah, let's let's start up then. Um... The first one is the big one for me was the discussion of succession slash ownership. Um, United co-owner John Nixon he, he revealed for the first time that there was definitely a succession plan with EWM that got quite far, didn't it, down the line? But unfortunately, that's when COVID struck, and then as a result of COVID, EWM subsequently collapsed as an organisation, didn't it? And um, the new company that owns Cal United's debt and also is involved in sort of reviving parts of the EWM brand, uh, PurePay. They're now in the process of getting a high street presence back up for all those bits of EWM that they own. I think it's things like Peacocks, isn't it? Yeah, which, bon, which, bon Marsh. And, yeah. yeah. Megan describes Peacocks as the company that just will not die because yeah. she, she works in retail, my missus, and She's saying, like, just just doesn't understand who actually shops there. It, it baffles her. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, so they're in the process of getting that back in stable. And I think the talk is that, from what Nixon was saying, is that PurePay will come back once that's sorted and 
restart that process and it, it's not a lot simple process is it that's what nixon was making I, I, I think the problem that pop would have at present is because they're essentially a dormant company just sort of starting up and to pass the efl owners test you wouldn't get very far with a dormant no. company that hasn't done anything i think once you know obviously the high streets reopening post pandemic and that and once they start getting it could be that the wheels will turn again and I imagine the paperwork will be changed from mentions of EWM everywhere to Pure Pay Retail Limited. Yeah. So it's an interesting one, isn't it? It, it, It's interesting. When you read some of the comments on Twitter, there was the usual angry reaction. To be honest, I think a lot of those people didn't really read or Or listen listen properly. Listen, sorry. Read read this stuff coming up on Twitter or listen. I don't think they were listening. That they were just in their usual focused sort of attitude to it. It's it's all negative. It's all bad. Whatever they're saying is lies. If you listen to what they said, there's some encouraging stuff. It's not perfect, and it's and it's there's still a lot long way to go. But it does suggest that there's a decent, secure future for the football club going forward. That I don't know what your thoughts were, Dan. You were there, and obviously you were listening to it. But it sounded okay to me. Yeah, it's obviously the devil will be in the detail. Yeah. Uh, I know when the AMB shares were mentioned that the uh, mm-hmm. the trust the trust reps in the room weren't particularly happy. I would suggest more than so, <laughs> Yeah, um, but I think I think there's a lot more detail will need to come out so that we as a fan base know exactly what is happening because you know yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to go on too long, but the likes of Andrew Jenkins has converted a lot of debt into. B shares, yeah. and the suggestion seemed to be that the B shares may possibly be, become A shares in time. Yeah. I'm I'm no expert on this at all, but that seemed to be the suggestion. I'm sure people who are far more qualified in these matters can put us right, but it'll be very interesting to see how the trust approach it because they have a duty to their membership yeah. to, you know, and you know who's. The the big the big uh, the big question there, as always with the trust, is will they be asked to uh, reduce their holding, which mm. has to go through the members? So yeah. we will see. We will see indeed. Well, let's move on to the next point then, Dan. Uh, I follow um, as we already sort of knew. We've 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 had the updates from club over the last few weeks, and I follow has had a real big positive impact for the club this season in terms of the money it's generated. In terms of our stats, we're right up there. For the paid subscriptions in in League Two, I think we were second in the home standards yes. and seventh in the away, which yeah. is yeah. A lot of clubs have given away free passes their season tickets, but we've given away a few free passes as well. As you benefit from, well, yeah, I've been one, so. yeah, yeah, but uh... yeah. but yeah, no, it, it's just generally been a really good success. Now we still obviously don't know what's going to happen in terms of fans being allowed to games next season. One thing that was mentioned, I think it was by Nixon actually, is that. They're looking at the possibility, maybe, whether games could be beamed back to Brunton Park and fans could pay maybe a small fee to go and watch it in the Sporting Inn or in Foxy's or in the Sunset Suite. Obviously, I should sorry, I should say Murphy's Bar, as it should be called uh, for the Sporting Inn. Now. Well, not not quite yet. It's not done no, yet. No, but... Not sorted yet, but it will be sorted in the yeah. near future. Right? But um, but yeah, I, I just it was an interesting one that whether they're looking to. I mean. Obviously, I live away, so I, I wouldn't go along. But for fans who want to sit with other fans and have a drink and watch the game, it might be a good alternative, potentially, if they're not allowed to go to away games next season. 
Yeah, uh, I think obviously, I think we'll get a lot of this come out when the EFL normally have their end of season meeting uh, once all the playoffs are completed and you know teams formally get accepted into divisions and whatnot. Uh, once all this has happened, I would imagine I follow will be one of the main talking points this year. Uh, a, a lot of it will hinge on the three pm Saturday stuff, yeah. which is sort of, you know, it's been let off for a year because of COVID and whatnot. But but it's seen as sacrosanct, isn't it? Basically, yeah. I I think if ever there was a time when the three pm might finally go, it is now. Mm-hmm. Because to be honest, the the people who would watch Premier League games in town don't really have much interest in going to Brunton Park anyway. So yeah, and if. If you're a Carlisle fan and you're more bothered because it's Leeds versus Crystal Palace at three o'clock uptown, <laughs> are you really a Carlisle fan? That's very true. And to be honest, it might actually make some EFL clubs start to be a bit, I, I don't know, to, to, to challenge themselves to make it more attractive to come and down and watch games at their ground, won't it? Yeah, definitely. That's the hope. That's the hope. But, mm. um, but there you go. Uh, next one up. Um, this was an interesting one, wasn't it? Uh, the Reese Bennett contract situation. Now, and it, people who don't wear it, aware of this Reese Bennett was on Twitch which is his streaming platform where he, he plays on computer games it's football manager he plays mostly isn't it bit of yeah. Fortnite as well um, and he was on there and he made some com- I think a fan asked him about his contract offer and he made some comments that I don't think he quite used the word disgraceful but was it disrespectful or something I can't remember the exact word he used but he basically suggested that the offer he's been made is less than he's currently been on at the club he also let loose that his contract actually ended last week. So most contracts that people are aware, football contracts run till the end of June. Yeah. If you don't get tied down to another club, you get a one month severance pay, don't you basically? Yeah. Effectively July, end of basically, July. Yeah, yeah. End of July effectively. So you yeah. get, I think they actually get the last payment in mid, mid August. Yeah. When the July like one finishes. So. so like that. Yeah. Now he signed a contract, obviously that only took him up to that point and he would have had to sign a new deal actually, if we'd gone into the playoffs. Um. Yeah, he wasn't very happy. David Holdsworth asked a question about this. He, he didn't really pull any punches, although he gave a little bit of a mixed message, didn't he? He basically said that he he described Bennett as a really good guy, but then he sort of criticised him for, for for doing this and speaking publicly about it. He basically said we we keep our contract negotiations confidential. Um, it, I, I think I think the suggestion was you and your agent were happy with his deal to sign it. So what are you whinging about? Yeah. And, and I think Holdsworth pointed out, oh, this was a really good deal for the club, really good for us. And I have to admit, as someone who, I'm, I'm very sort of left-wing in my thinking, I'll be honest with you. I like to see people sort of protected in terms of their contracts and stuff. I wouldn't be particularly comfortable if as a club we're starting to think, let's start offering deals that only run till the end, very end of the season, till May. I think as a club, if we start doing that, I'm, I'm not, Overly impressed. If I it's don't. a one-off, if it's a one-off, fair enough. But yeah, it's a me, dodgy road to go down. It's a very dodgy road yeah. to go down. Because then what happens if a player turns out says, "You get to the playoffs," but then this player gets an offer from a championship club and goes, oh, "I'm not going to sign a new deal. I might get injured." Yeah, this yeah. championship club's offered me a deal for next it, season. You, it used to happen in the League of Ireland. This the players yeah. used to sign nine-month contracts, and the, obviously the the off-season they didn't play, and it actually got that bad that people knew what the score would be in the last game of every game. Yeah. Because, allegedly, people were making money to pay for their three months. 
So well, I wouldn't blame them, would you? Really, it's a weird one, isn't it? If clubs take the Mickey out of them, so mm. there you go. Uh, it, the bit that I really did like was um, he said uh, he said um, p- people shouldn't complain about contracts they were happy to sign and discuss new contract offers while with fans while playing Space Invaders. I'm pretty sure your lad would call uh, David Holdsworth a bit of a noob for a comment like that, wouldn't he? Yeah, I mean, we, well, I, th- I think it's obvious that David doesn't play football manager, does he? So. Uh, he must be still on his Amiga or his uh, yeah. Spectrum or Commodore 64 or something like that. Yeah. Played on, but, uh, but there you go. So, But actually, I think, to be honest, a lot of the other stuff Holdsworth said was actually not too bad. I know we sometimes come across as not his biggest fan, but I think most of what he said actually was was pretty straightforward and down the line. To be fair on this, so I know you were there, Dancy. To, to, to be honest, I think he probably surprised a couple of folk. I mm. saw a couple of people mention on both the forum and Twitter that they were pleasantly surprised. So well, there you go. Interesting revelation that we're going to be talking to us what striker this week, aren't we? So mm. interesting. What that is to me that suggests that's maybe not someone who's just been released. But maybe possibly someone who's in negotiations for a contract somewhere else, and we've said, "Well, we can make you an offer," and maybe he wants to speak to us before he thinks about signing a new deal. That's just me putting it out there. I don't know. I have no idea who the striker is. No idea at all. I've, I'm, I'm actually live from a bush in the car park, and <laughs> I've I've not seen any strikers coming in 48 hours. So. Uh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. People think you're joking there, but genuinely, you're down there all the time. So there you go. Think, 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 think things we do for. For the fans to find indeed, out what's happening. Indeed. Fans first, fans first. Yeah. Um, final bit, Dan, I'm going to let you do this bit because it, it was your question. Um, Cali Knight Sports, official sports club, were described as about being about as relevant as a dead otter. So you, you said this, so take it away. Well, I've, I've basically, it's up to them to prove me wrong. You know, I, I, I suggested that there were... I'm trying, I'm trying to think of the the best words to describe it. Uh, too quiet for the members, you know. They've mm. only got they've only got what four hundred members at present, roughly. Uh, you know, they they don't speak to the fans enough. Yeah, you, they get uh, they get the uh, regular newsletter. newsletter. I couldn't figure the word. <laughs> You know, I've noticed they've cancelled a recent fans where fans can go and ask them stuff. Uh, I I understand that their reps on the two boards, there is a degree of they can't talk about a lot of stuff. I understand yeah, that, you yeah. know, because it's a lot of it can be commercially sensitive and that. But I feel that they don't use enough energy to tell us mm. and. There seems to be, you know, the, they've got a big diversity push at the moment, which, yes, there is a place for it, but it seems to be the be-all and end-all, you know. And mm. I'll be honest, the, the supporters' trust is there to have fans on the board to tell the fans what's going on. Do they do that? Not really for me, you know. Mm. I, I, I would hope they would take my comments on board and strive to sort of, you know try and become something better because at the moment the average Carlisle United fan doesn't give a shit about them. I apologise for the language, but, the, you know, the, unfortunately point. they own a quarter of the club roughly, but they don't really represent. I mean, 400 members is roughly a tenth of an average crowd the other season. I mean, you look at someone like Exeter City who actually own their club and how many members have they got in their trust? I'm sure it's a lot more than 400. Yeah, yeah. At the very least. For, for me... 
they've got a bit of a legacy problem and I totally understand this. There's a lot of new people involved there now and they're not necessarily the people who were involved originally. But for me, they've they've got to somehow try and shake that off. They've got to try and project this new image. I think communications-wise, you're absolutely right. I'm a communication professional. That's my job. There's areas where they could really strongly improve in that. They really could. And I think you're right about the newsletter. It, it all feels a little bit mid-90s, early noughties supporters yeah, yeah. I mean, sort of thing. I, I, think, I think the last one I saw, there was the team and what had happened in the match that day. A copy of their recent uh, News and Star column. And if they've had a board meeting, there's a little bit, but there's there's no meat on the bones, if I you mean, know what I mean. mean. For me, you don't need to put the stuff about the match. No. Fans can find that anywhere. Yeah, you can yeah, go well, to the official website and find that if you really I, I, th- I, think, I think they were emailing it at 5pm. People are walking home from the match usually at that time. So they know what's happened in the match. Yeah, it's match. about timing, it's about your content, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just for, for me, they've got a real challenge to shake off that shackles because a lot of people still don't like them for what happened in the mid-noughties. Yeah, you yeah. can't hide from that. What what happened with Story and Courtney and that piece of land or whatever, they might think it was the right thing to do. But if you ask the general, you know, larger, wider fan base, I've, I've been, I they, think they didn't feel it was right. When you look at the AGM every year, there's approximately 50 or 60 people vote on any matters yeah. that need voted on. And that's telling because... 50 or 60 people is about 1.5% of a Brunton Park crowd. Yeah. You know, so... It's, it's not much, is it, really? And they, they, I, I applaud them for the fact that they're getting a few younger people involved. I know the likes of Jack Oddie, who obviously listens to this podcast. He's a really good friend of ours. We all we know him well. They've got a challenge on their hands, but there's potentially good opportunities in the next year when fans are really desperate to go back to games to really sell it. How they do that, I'm not 100% on it, but there needs to be some way that they can shake off the shackles of their, their past. Because th- there's no doubt, we, we've said it before, that a lot of fans that we know and we talk to won't get involved because of what happened previously. That's where they've got a real problem on hands. And the, the, another problem I've had is they've rebranded a couple of times already. Yeah. You can only rebrand so many times. Yeah, exactly that, exactly that. Okay then, Dan. Um, finish that bit up, and um, like you said, there's going to be another fans forum next week, isn't it? I think it's next Tuesday. Yeah, at half uh, half. Tuesday at five thirty. Um, myself, Matt, and Simon are going back. Uh, media team are going to stream it on YouTube. I think Nigel Clibbins will definitely be there. One of the trust fellas will be there. I'm not sure who else. Basically, there was that many. I think there was sixty or seventy questions came yeah. through, and we got through about half of them in the just over two hours we were on. I mean. Some of them can be grouped together. There was six yeah. very similar ones on, for instance, yeah. I follow. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there, there's still some good questions that haven't been answered, especially a couple of ones for the Trust, actually. And, you know, it, it was actually the club who said, you know, if, if you guys are available, bring your questions again and we'll, we'll get them done so that those that didn't get their questions asked can get them well, done. Well, I think a few people might have seen uh, Nigel's uh, comments at the very end on that last question that you, you had to get in. Um, it shows the club are not hiding. They'll answer questions. Send the questions in because you're the one in control of the questions. You, Dan, uh, yeah, Matt, and, and Matt and, and, and Anyone in any doubt, the only, I was pretty much the only person who saw the questions prior to it until yeah. I sorted the documents and passed it on to my other two hosts. And, you know, the, the club have no access to the email it goes to. 
So there's there's no worries on that score at all. Yeah, well, I hope you asked my question about the Tramway Fan Park because I want. That yes, I will do. Because <laughs> I was I was bugging you, wasn't I? You, yeah. It shows there's no favoritism because I was centered down on that. Get my question asked, and they didn't <laughs> didn't get it in time. So so yeah. there you go. All right, then let's move on. Then Dan, um, the last part of the uh, first half because that's gone on a bit longer than I thought it would. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the League One and League Two retain list. Um, obviously, as this is the last regular episode we are going to do before our summer break, we're going to. Take a quick look down the release lists of all those clubs in League One and League Two who aren't involved in the playoffs, um, and 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 what what we're going to do is we're we're going to we're going to pick out some sort of targets that we might United might want to look at over the summer. Um, first up, we'll start off with the Rochdale and Bradford list. I'm only joking because they're, <laughs> they're the obvious ones to go for because yeah. they're the you know the, the, the two clubs that are, we also seem to sign players from Bradford and Rochdale, obviously being Beach's last club. Um, but in all seriousness, we think it's unlikely United will target midfielders, don't we? We think it's defenders and attackers, probably. Yeah, if you look at midfielders, we've got the Riley, Mellish, Guy, Divine, Charters, Dixon. Dickinson can play in there. You know, a couple Leslie. of the defend. Yeah, uh, a couple of the defenders can push up. So, you know, I think the midfield area is pretty well stocked. Goalkeeping probably depends on what happens with Paul Farman. Yeah, you know, will will we be happy to go with just Norman and uh, Young Breeze as a backup? And if something happens, we can bring a Loney in. Oh, uh, you know, one of those ones, isn't it? Um, well, let's focus then on the defenders first. And there's only a few I've put in here. Um, I, I just put this in because I've, I've, obviously we've seen with Bennett, it, it looks like he's probably not going to sign. I'm not sure they'll want to go into the season with three centre backs. Potentially, um, those being those being Hayden, McDonald, and Feeney at the moment. Yes, because yeah. we know with Feeney, he does have to prove his fitness. Because I know the injury he picked up when he signed for us could have happened to anyone. It's a broken bone, you know. That's just one of those yeah. ones that just happens. But he has had a few injuries before that, hasn't he? That's why he couldn't yeah, establish yeah. himself at Sunderland, for instance. So it, it's one of those ones. I don't want to be going into a season with Anderton as fourth choice centre back. I think he's shown he can do it if we play back three. But I'm I, yeah, yeah. totally unconvinced with him in a back four at the moment, I think. Um, so let's have a look through some of the defenders I've picked out. You might want to drop a few more in, possibly. Um, the first one I spotted, this is one I spotted actually when, when Cruz's list originally came out. Eddie Nolan, um, experienced defender, let go by Cruz. Started out at Blackburn. He's been at Preston and obviously Crew. Um, he's a good player, isn't he? He's an, he's an Irish lad. He, he, he did really well when he was at Preston and obviously he's done okay at Crew. Only issue here is he's he's had a few injuries, hasn't he? I think mean, he's thirty-one. It's one of those ones who might look to move back to Ireland, possibly. Do you think he's one maybe potentially could be a good target? Uh, possibly. We could say that about all of them on the list, yeah. to be honest. You know, these are just our opinions. I'm I'm sure Chris Breach will have his own ideas and whatnot. Uh, there is there is some uh, some decent players kicking about. Uh, who else have we got on this list here? Uh, Scott Wooten, he, he's always yeah. a player I've quite liked at uh, mm. Plymouth, wasn't he? He's, yeah, he's, uh, he's from he's from Birkenhead originally, so he's not a lad from down south. So he, you wonder if he might, having spent his time at Plymouth now, want to move back up north. And you'd imagine he's probably not going to get a League One club, probably. So, I mean, he's been at Tramway before, so whether he'd go back there again, I don't know. But if he moved back to the northwest, you know, he's he started out at Man United originally, didn't he? I think. Well, he was he was in Liverpool's youth setup, and then he went yeah. to Man United youth setup. Um, he's he's been um, 
Uh, he was at Leeds for a bit, wasn't he? Yeah, he's been on loan at Wigan this season, actually, as well. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, maybe been, they might go yeah, back for him, possibly. possibly. But, but he's one, you know, he's 29, he's good age, you know, wouldn't be a bad signing for me. So, so there, yeah, he, he, he's another one. Um, looking down through the list, who else have we got here? I, I put him in because he's at Bradford, so he's an obvious sign. But Anthony O'Connor, not a bad defender. I, I don't think he's, you know... Bradford is having a clear out basically on this, yeah, basically yeah. freshening things up. But he's he's one that I've always quite liked in the past. You know, he's possibly experienced head that we could have in there. He's, he's, he's getting at a good age. He's he's twenty eight years old. He like Nolan. He started out at Blackburn actually. Funny enough, and he's had his time at Plymouth, Burton, and he's at Aberdeen for a while, wasn't he? Actually, for a couple of seasons. Yeah, yeah. So maybe one to look at. It's it's a difficult one with defenders, isn't it? Because as you've said, potentially, if, if Feeney starts the season well, McDonald's shown himself an accurate, <laughs> adequate backup. Yeah. Does he really I, want to come in this player as a fourth choice, potentially? I, and that, that, that's, that's a problem, is it? I just can't see us bringing in a... It depends I think on whether, Feeney, whether Hayden stays, doesn't it? That's one of the... Yeah, but then again, you, you can't just always look and say we're going to bring a player in as backup. You also want to look and say, I want to bring in a better player who's actually going to challenge yeah. and, and, and push on the players who are there. And, you know, if that means that Hayden drops out of the team because the player we bring in is better, then so be it. You know, that's that's the way we've got to look as well. We've got to be ambitious. We can't just think bringing in players here just to fill spaces and be backup. That's the key thing, isn't it? Lewis, Lewis Alessandri, you'd probably would have looked at and thought he can be a backup, a squad player. But actually... He played most of the games last season. Yeah, didn't he? yeah, yeah. So it goes to show sometimes, doesn't it? So yeah, defensively wise, they're the ones I picked out. Alan Sheehan as well, actually, is another one I picked out. Good experience head. You know, you can play left back as well, can't he? Great on set pieces. Not played as much as he. I know he's been at Northampton. You've got mates support now, and I'm not sure how he's been getting on there this season, but he's one I've always really liked as well. Yeah, uh, definitely in the more experience. He must be mid thirties by now. Must be thirty four now. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. like like we say, you know, obviously we assume Bennett isn't staying, so mm. it'll be interesting to see. I mean, we could end up taking, you know, a loan player from an academy Possibly. or something. It's interesting because you know. Be- Beach doesn't seem that keen on loan players as much as some past managers. I mean, yeah, Coyote yeah. was an obvious one because he's a long-term player we, we, we've liked and we had him before. Yeah, we had him 18 months really, didn't we? I mean, part of him, we had Walker for the second half of the season, didn't we? And we yeah. didn't really use him, so... Like some Mali and Obiero didn't really feature, did they? No, and obviously, keeper-wise, you know, that that was just... Judas was just a fellow space, wasn't he, really? Yeah, so, yeah. There you go. Well, that's pretty much covered defenders. I don't think there's, there's much else to pick out there. Um, attackers, we've picked a fair few out here, I think. Um, you picked a few. I've dropped a few more in. Yeah. Um, should we go through them one by one? I'll let, I'll let you start off. I think the first one up, I think he's one I can really see as targeting him this lad. Um, one I've seen mentioned by a couple of people on Twitter, Harvey Saunders, released yeah. by Fleetwood. Uh, he's done well in loan spells at Darlington and Hartlepool. Uh, he scored against us. Well, he didn't really because it was in the trophy, <laughs> but, you know, he's, he's, yeah. he's at a good age. He's at the sort of age that Chris Beach likes to pick up players, isn't he? You know, He's, he's a good mobile player. He's a player who's Probably not been quite moulded into what his final position is yet, is he? He's yeah, probably, yeah. Probably still needs a bit of fine tuning. I think Fleetwood was probably not the best place for him because obviously the likes of Madden and uh, Evans were playing. You know, yeah, West Burns, people like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I'd be very surprised if he's one we certainly have a look at. You know, 
yeah, look at his record. He's only managed three goals in 27 games for Fleetwood, but to be fair, a lot of that is off the bench, been, isn't yeah, it? He's off the bench, exactly. So it's not, not quite the same. But... Uh, you, you've put in an uh, obvious one here, really. Conor McElhenney. He's yeah. not being released by Oldham, no, but he's in no. contract talks. Like, like you've put in our notes, it'd be lovely to sneak in and take him. Well, I remember last summer, I, I said he was going to be one of the danger men this season in League Two. I thought he was a really good signing for Oldham. Yeah. I remember a, a certain co-presenter, not you, I should say, um, dismissed that and said, oh, I don't think he's actually that good. <laughs> he went and scored against us, didn't he? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a good player. He's a good little player. He, he can play wide as well, which means he's useful. He can play a few positions. I genuinely love to see us nick him. I think you'd love to see us nick him off curl, wouldn't you? That's oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Make your day that. But yeah. I genuinely think if, if we're going to be ambitious, we should not just look at players who've been released, but look at those who are in negotiations with clubs and try and nick them under their noses. That's what I'd love to see yeah, us do yeah. with a couple of players. Um, uh, the, the next one's a player that's uh, he's always sort of semi-being mentioned yeah. by our fans. Uh, Lee Novak, mm. experienced head, still scored decent goals for Bradford. Um He's, he's a northeast lad, good location, but is he too similar to Alessandra in, in the experienced role? Yeah, you probably get you more goals than Alessandra potentially. Yeah, yeah. But, oh, I say that he managed only eight goals last season in twenty three games for yeah for Bradford. So not really much better ratio than Alessandra, is it? In that sense, yeah. Um, much better record for Scunthorpe, twenty three goals in ninety four games and. Prior to that, obviously Birmingham, he wasn't really played much as a central striker. He played more out wide, didn't he? Yeah, um, yeah. But I mean, I'm looking at his record for Chesterfield: 14 goals in 35 games. So <laughs> when you get him in a right team, he's going to score goals for fun, isn't he? Really, Gates said yeah. where he really started out. So. And another obvious one is former Carlisle player Andy Cook. Yeah, I mean, for me, every season people always link us with players he used to play for us, don't they? And it gets ridiculous yeah. at times. Yeah. He of all the ones who listed, he's the only one to look at and say to me, "Yep, I'd, I'd go for him." And that's just because well, he didn't really play for us. He didn't really play for us. Never, never played no, first team no. game, but he's a good, experienced striker now. He scored goals wherever he's been. He's maybe not been quite as prolific at the league level yet, but he still scored a fair few goals. And he's a big physical nuisance. He puts himself about, wins a fair bit in the air. I think Beach might look at him think he's a perfect player for us. The only problem there is that you'd imagine. Bradford, Bradford might, yeah. might come back in for him, possibly. Yeah, yeah. But I, I I would love to see us have maybe have a go for him, because I think he yeah. would have a point to prove, and I think he'd enjoy playing. I mean, with the amount of chances we create as well, a player like him should should score a hatful, really, shouldn't they? Yeah, I'm going to group the next three together, because they're, they're decent names, but probably unlikely, I would say. Mm. Yeah. Uh, we've got Daniel Daniel Powell, decent pedigree. <laughs> you say he looks a tad overweight. Well, he always looks a bit chunky whenever I've seen him in played. He's yeah. a big tall. He's about six foot two, six foot three. He plays more out wide more often, but he's always been a good, dangerous player against. Yes, yeah, yeah. But he always looks like he's carrying a bit. He doesn't look like he's in the best shape. I might be wrong there. It might just be the way he is. But yeah, yeah. That's impressive. Uh, we've got we've got Tom Pope on the list, the the Twitter warrior himself, but. Yeah. I think his career is winding down, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it wouldn't be a surprise if he went to a, a Notts County or a Chesterfield I mean, type what, team. What, what you think with him is he, he's based down in Stoke, it's his hometown. Yeah. At the age of 35, is he going to move all the way up to Carlisle potentially no, or tra- no. want to travel up to Carlisle every week for games? I just can't see it. No. I mean, it'd be a great sign. I genuinely think it'd be a good sign, especially for young players to learn from. But 
like you said, I imagine a North County or Chesterfield. Maybe if they don't go up a Stockport, somewhere like that. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. And the other one we've put is uh, Kevin Van Veen, who was at Scunthorpe. He's mm. he's a player I quite like, but I think he's had a little bit of injury problems in the last couple of years. Yeah, he turned down a deal, didn't he, at Scunthorpe? He was offered a new one in January, I think. Yeah, he yeah. turned it down. But I'd imagine as well he's probably not going to be cheap. I'd imagine he's going to demand a fairly decent wage, you'd think. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be a surprise if he went back to Holland either, would it? Yeah, possibly. Maybe go to yeah. second division level right about there. Yeah. Uh, possibly. Um, the next few, I mean, I, I I put these in. I mean, one of them's a little bit of a joke. Is another former player, Josh Morris. Now, <laughs> my only issue with him is that he's probably a bit too similar to Brendan Dickinson, but he's a, probably, he's yeah. a good, good technical player, great set pieces, chips in with a few goals. <laughs> If Dickinson wanted to move on, potentially, maybe, or move back down south, I'd have a look at Morris. I think he'd be a really good player for us, potentially. But again, he's one who probably wants a big wage. You'd imagine yeah, he might, yeah, he might yeah, stay yeah. at League One level, you'd think. Maybe a, a Shrewsbury yeah. or someone like that he might go to, yeah. possibly. Uh, next, you've got James Wilson from Salford. Worth a look? I mean, yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because it, we know he was probably on big wages at Salford. Um, we know they took him on thinking he could be the star for them. Hasn't really quite worked out, has it really? He's had a, quite a few injury issues there. His is injury it, record might put people off, and that might mean he might not be able to get the wage he wants, possibly. Is there a crossroads in his career? Because he's 25 years old. Yeah. You know, it's it's make or break time, you know. Well, one thing that might work in our favour if we did sort of want to show an interest in him. Well, he, he would have know, know, Joe he'll, Riley. He'll, I was going to say, he'll know Joe Riley, won't he? Definitely. For definite, yeah. Absolutely. So it's one of those ones where you wonder maybe if we, we could potentially offer him somewhere. He might want to stay at Rochdale or somewhere down that way. But, yeah, yeah. But Rochdale I, or Oldham or something. Or... Imagine Beach might be aware of him as well. I might say to him, look, come on, come up in. Let, let's rebuild your career. Do a one-year deal. You know, if it doesn't work out, you know, it wouldn't have worked out anywhere else potentially. So come up here. We'll, we'll give you a chance to show what you can do. That's just a name for it out there. I, I imagine the wages might put us off. Yeah, yeah. He might turn up at somewhere like a Wigan, maybe, or somewhere like that, possibly. Um, the next one I put in is one I put in because I know that we were not far off signing him, I think possibly even last summer, is Frank Nubley. Um He's been released by Plymouth. I know he went back on loan to Colchester, didn't he, at the end of the season. I, I He's a little bit younger than Jabba was when we signed him, but I have a bit of a Jabba feel about him. I don't know what it is. He just, he's a player who's maybe not scored that many at some clubs. But he could come up and be that experienced, big sort of battering ram up there with a little bit of pace about him. I think he was one of we could if we could convince him to come. It's a big move to come all the way up, but he's a bit younger than Jabba, so he's maybe not as tied down. I think he could have a big impact. I just think it's location with him. You look yeah, at his clubs: thinking, yeah. Colchester, Plymouth, Newport, Southend, Gillingham, yeah, Ipswich. You know, he's, he's been at Coventry and Wolves and. He had a couple of loans at Barnsley back in yeah. the day, but I think he's one we'd probably have to offer a two-year deal if we wanted yeah, to, yeah, come, yeah. to give him a bit yeah. of protection. But yeah. I, he's one I, I do know that Beach was keen on in the past. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see whether they they do potentially go back in for him. And then the last one I've put in, we haven't really dipped too much into the championship, but he's one that sp- stood out to me is Louis Malt. Um He's been let go by Preston. He's he's one we target back in his Stoke days, didn't we? I think we tried to get him on loan, possibly. Yeah, yeah. Was that under Kavanagh, maybe even? It was roundabout then, at least, anyway. I think. Yeah, yeah. It's not quite worked out at championship level. He might get a bit of interest in League One clubs, but 
we show a bit of ambition, wouldn't he, to go for a player like him, potentially bring him in and say, you're our main man. We want Because Coyotes basically was signed as our main man in the summer. We didn't really use him as central striker, but we need to bring someone in really, don't we, to, to pin down that central striker role. Because as good as Luis Alessandro has been at times in that role, if we go into another season where he's going to be our main man in the middle, that doesn't suggest ambition to try and get promoted to me. That suggests we're, we're fairly happy where we are. Yeah. Uh, Maltz, it didn't really happen for him at Preston, I think it's fair to say. Yeah. He had a cracking record at Motherwell. He scored about 50 goals, didn't he, for Motherwell? Yeah. That, that's why I look at it. I think, I, think, I think Ryan Bowman, that's why I'm thinking in my head here, in terms of the, the similar sort of player, went to Motherwell, did well, scored a few goals. He got a bigger move than, than Bowman did didn't quite work out but maybe League 2 level would be a, a better fit you wonder if the likes of your Wiggins and Rochdales might have a look though possibly I mean possibly. I think I think he's from the Stoke area anyway isn't yeah, he yeah he is from Stoke isn't he yeah. so he's, it's, it's, he won't be short of uh... he's moved to Mugwell before though hasn't he he's moved yeah, to yeah, true. So yeah. You, you never know I mean like I said yeah. his record I mean, he's, he's been in the championship for three seasons with Preston he's only played 36 games and scored 7 goals so he really needs to, he's 28 now He's at his peak. He should really be trying to show what he can do. I'd love to see him show a bit of ambition and just have a go for him and see if we can sign him. I think, he, I think it'd be a really good signing for us, potentially. But I'm not sure what your thoughts are on that. I think you, you seem to think he'd be all right. I'd, 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 I'd like, I wouldn't say no to him, but uh, yeah. it's, well, it's, all, it's, all about, uh, it's all about Chris Beach and what his uh, ideas are, isn't it? Always is, always is. This, this is just our our little uh, quick list we've drawn up from her, and uh, we've we've had a thread on the forum for the retained lists. Uh, the four clubs in the playoffs in League One and Two don't have to do theirs yet because obviously they're still playing, and I think the only team who haven't officially given a list yet of Wigan of the other forty, but they've got their administration issues to sort out. Yeah, so. so you know, at the moment. They they could be, you know, paying players off and all sorts. So. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh right, well we're gonna take a short break and then what we're gonna do is we're we're gonna do our little uh player review bit. We're gonna bash through that quickly. Uh, it's not gonna be as long as second half, I think, this week because we've gone on quite a bit in the first half, it's fair to say. But we'll be back shortly and we'll go through those bits and of course the X Files. So we'll be back in just a minute. Hi, this is George Tanner. You are listening to the Brunton Bugle. And we're back for part two of uh, this final proper episode of the season uh, of the Brunton Bugle. Um, so, Dan, what we're going to do is we're going to go back through the uh, the squad of uh, 2021. We're going to sort of do about 30 seconds on each, aren't we? Just... Yeah, we're going to bash through. Maybe some of them will do short. Maybe we'll, we'll go a little bit more into some of the others. Um, but basically, we're, we're covering through players who've, who've made at least 10 appearances for the Blues this season. That's including league and cup. So, Taylor Charters just sneaks into that 10. Um, whereas Magnus Norman obviously he only played a handful of games so he doesn't actually get into it Yeah, um, and plays like Josh Dixon as well so obviously we're not looking at the, the young lads who've been released because what's the point we really can't we can't tell you anything about them essentially because they didn't play um, so let's go through sort of position by position uh, Dan first up uh, Paul Farman um, he's one who I suppose we signed last summer and we, we, we sort of had okay expectations of him but I, th- I think he's he's overachieved in what I expected to see from him as a keeper. I mean, we've seen him play a few times and before he signed and he looked okay, but I didn't realise just how good he was at kicking a ball, for instance. And His, his kick's the main thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's kicking. And it's also how, how mobile he is as well. He's quick on his feet. He's not. And he's vocal. very light-footed. Very vocal. vocal. Light-footed. Decent shot stopper. 
has has chucks in the odd mistake though, doesn't he? Yeah, it? the odd brain fart, but you know, yeah, we can accept audience, that. Audience game was it? He's, he's eccentric in that sense. Um, yeah, I, I think he's generally been a really good signing, and I really yeah. do hope he's been offered a decent deal to stay because I think. Yeah. As much as people say, oh, you know, we could we could just stick with Norman. I haven't seen enough of Norman yet to be convinced about him as a first choice keeper from the games he's played in. And Norman's not kept a clean sheet yet. That should be noted. Mm. Um, broke the clean sheet record, obviously. Well, not clean sheet record, but it was the best clean sheet record since Kieran Westwood in 2008. That, that's something to, to hang his hat on as well. I, I just genuinely think you're taking a risk when you've got a keeper who's done that well and established himself that well to then just bomb him out and start afresh with someone who might not fit in. Yeah. It, it's a gamble. For me, a good solid 8 out of 10 for me this season, I think. Yeah, I think I'd agree with 8 out of 10. So there you go. Well, well done, Paul. You're, Paul, sorry, you're, you're 8 out of 10 for us this season. Uh, moving on to defence, starting off with the full-backs. Uh, George Tanner. Uh, we're, we're big fans of George, aren't we? I think yeah. it, it's fair to say he has had a pretty decent season, isn't he? Yeah, uh, I think obviously the he got his injury at a bad time. Well, quite quite a good time for him personally because we didn't lose that many games because of the the various stops. But uh, you know he gets up and down the wing. He's, he's you know people forget he scored three goals. Yeah. He's got that knack of arriving late on the edge of the box. All his goals are quite similar. Yeah, and uh, you know it's his first full season, and I, I think he'll be one of the key players next season. Absolutely, if you can get a good full uh, pre-season behind him again as well, get his, his fitness right up to scratch. I mean, th- that second half of the season, it was good that he had a little break, but then the problem came was, as soon as he came back, 12 solid weeks of Saturday, yeah, Tuesdays. Yeah, yeah. And it, it wasn't he wasn't the only one it caught up on, to be fair. So we, you can't really have a go for that. He had some good games that spell. He had some games where he, he struggled a little bit. But look, despite the fact that he was out and he had those bad spells, I think he was something like six in terms of interceptions in the opposition half last season which which is an incredible start for a fullback isn't it you'd expect your midfielders to be you know right up the top there but I think Callum Guy was second in the league behind um, I can't remember exactly who it was someone Kinsella I think at uh, Walsall so that that shows you what a good impact George can have going forward probably needs to work a little bit more defensively but that's going to come with time he, he's still a young lad he's still what 21, 22 so you know once he, once he, he learns a bit more and plays a bit more football he's going to have a real good impact. And like I said, we, we want to see him tied down to a longer deal. What what score would you give him out of 10, Dan? Uh, 7.5. I think I'd go with you. I, I, eight for the first half of the season. Seven, seven for the, the second. Yeah, so 7.5. But I think there's strong potential to be nine and upwards next season. I really do. I, I think he could really be a massive player yeah. for us. He reminds me very much of Frank Simic in the way he plays and getting up yeah, and down. Yeah, and I, I was a ball. big Simic fan. Yeah, me too. Really, really yeah. good player for us. So there you go, 7.5 for George. Nick Anderton, captain. Um, bit of a stop-start season. It's a bit, bit tougher for him in that he's had some really good competition for his position, hasn't he, in Jack Armour? Yeah, um, yeah. I would sort of... We could probably do these two together because at the start of the season, Anderton was first choice and Armour was an untested yeah. backup. But the the paths have sort of crossed during the season to the point where most would consider Armour first choice now with Anderton the backup. You know, so you know if you if you had trajectories, Anderton would be high going lower, whereas Armour would be low going higher, and they're probably sort of met in the middle around the time of the break, I think would be uh, fair to say. Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? I think Nick's had some really good games for his actually season and there's times when, you know, Armour's come in and then done really well but then struggled and Nick's actually stepped up and come back into the team. I think 
there's a couple of games towards the end of the season I actually thought Anderton had some really excellent games and one example is the game against Barrow he came on I know he, I think he played in midfield didn't he when he came on in that game possibly and he came on and he made a big difference he started winning stuff in the air and he put his foot on the ball and started playing a little bit because he can't play his issue is he isn't the quickest but he's not like running through treacle slow is he I think sometimes he just gets a little bit caught up positionally. I think there's still a good player in there. And would I be disappointed if he signed a new deal? No, I think he's still a useful player. I think I'd probably give him a 6.5 out of 10 personally. I think there was good moments, but there was also shaky moments. He wasn't quite up to the standard of some other players, but he did okay. Jack Armour, I totally agree. I think he, as the season went on, he got better and better. He's so good on the ball. I still don't think his final position is, is pinned down. I think, like you said, he could potentially, but I think you're looking two, three years down the line, be a centre-back as well. Yeah. I think he could play just, midfield. Just height, yeah. He could yeah. play midfield because he's, he's so good on the ball. Yeah. For me, Jack's a 7 out of 10 for this season just because of his, his starting point was so low in terms of the fact he'd never played league football before and he's done so well after a slightly shaky start. 7 out of 10 for Jack, 6.5 for Nick. I would probably go 6 for Anderton and 7 for Armour. Okay, well, there you go. So, fairly similar on those two, aren't we? I think yeah. it's fair to say. Um, next up, we've got the centre-backs. Um, let's start with um, the Nintendo man himself, uh, Reese Bennett. Um, interesting one, isn't it? When he came in, it, it, he was the epitome of the, the Rolls-Royce player, because we know that Holsworth likes to describe players like that. He looked just far too good for this level. After the COVID break, he just struggled a bit, didn't he? Yeah, uh Hard one, because when he first came in, he was exceptional. He was scoring goals. He was bossing the defence. And after the break, he was sort of a shadow. Uh, again, I think it's going to be a bit of a common theme. Certain players were before and after, or after and before, weren't they? Yeah. And Bennett's very much in one of these. I mean, you would put him eight touching nine for the first half. And probably down to five or six for the second half, to be quite honest. Yeah, I think what you've got to account for in the second half as well is he had injuries. Not not just the issue with COVID and all those games coming up, but he had a couple of injuries as well, didn't he? And, and he, yeah. we, know, we know he played through injuries in some of those games as well, which is a, a credit to him, to be fair. Um, uh, yeah, I'm sort of with you, I think. I think I'd still give him, if I was going to give him an overall score, I, I'm probably going to go with a... 7.5 pushing on an 8 because I think he was just so good in that initial run of 20 or so games the 12 or so games whatever it was after that yeah it wasn't quite as good but he still I mean there's some games where he did come in and he still looked good to be fair so I think I still give him I, I, I'm going to go 7.5 7.5 out of 10 I would go 7 I think okay so uh, they 8 and 6 or so 7 yeah uh, Aaron Hayden up next um Again, one who probably wasn't quite as good after the COVID, but I think he was still at a really high standard. I think the problem is he set himself such a high standard in his first full season, in that first half of the season, that even a slight drop-off looked, he was quite crystal clear. You could see it, couldn't you? Whereas I don't think his drop-off was quite actually as bad as Bennett's at times. I think he still looked a really good player. And I think he's a player who could easily play a championship level. I think he... I think we might struggle to keep him over the summer. I hope we can get him tied down on a longer deal and make a bit more money out of him. But for me, I still think he, he looked a really, really good player. Yeah, uh, Hayden, you know, he's he's settled in. He's really become an integral part of the squad. 
Um, we we know for a fact that certain championship clubs were watching him at one point. Uh, let's get him tied down longer and hope he hits the ground running. Uh, I would say about 7.5 for me. You know what? I'm going to give him an 8. I genuinely think at, at times this season he has been excellent. And although he's had a, a few games where he's had stinkers, what I'd say is he never stops running those games. He doesn't hide. He doesn't hide from having the ball as well. And for a lad who's you know playing his first full season, that's really impressive. And I think he, he he's not a shouty sort of leader, but he does look like a leader in the way he plays yeah, and the way yeah. he, he takes the ball. So I'm going to go with an eight for, for Aaron. Uh, next up, one that probably divides the opinions of fans. Um, Rod McDonald. Um, I, I'm not... I, I, I think some fans are a bit harsh on him, to be honest. I think he's an all right player. I think he's a, a solid backup and a player you can rely on to play a good 10, 15 games in a row for me. I like the fact that he's, again, he's one who doesn't shy from the ball. He doesn't shy from it. He's quite happy to take the ball. I've seen some people accuse him when he loses the ball of running away from it. I think he's just a clever player who knows how to run into position. He, he's not the quickest and he knows that. And he knows to go and cover position when he has to. I think the, the goal against Barrow, uh, the one that Quigley um, set up, I think, for Bruff, that, that one for me is an example of where he, he actually did okay to actually get in a good position bit poor in the way he then dealt with the tackle, but you know that, that's by the by. For me, his biggest problem is he, he tries too often to try and pick a pass rather than just playing long ball. He needs to, I think Lummy picks it up well on commentary and says, you need to get a bit of backspin on some of those long balls. He overhits them a little bit too much. Yeah, he tries yeah. that perfect crossfield ball a bit too often. I think he's still a good solid player for his, um, I'd give him 6.5. Uh, it's. I would. I think he'll probably be a backup centre back next season. Uh, mm. Six out of ten. Yeah, he's, mm. he's he's solid enough when called on. Basically, I mean, we've had a lot worse players over the last three or four seasons. Oh, you? definitely, definitely a lot worse. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think the reaction is some. I think some fans don't know the bone sometimes when they talk about some of players. Definitely, when you go on Twitter and social media, I've heard some people describe him as one of the worst defenders we've had. I mean, come not, on, not not in the top twenty. I wouldn't even put him in the top 50, to be honest, yeah, yeah. of the worst defenders we've had. Genuinely, I can think of so many worse of the last 20 years. You go back to exactly 20 years ago from now, 21 years ago from now. My God. Really, really. Some, I think some of the younger fans, they, they, should be, have, they should have highlights from those seasons inflicted on them so they can see. Jeff Jackson's actually put some up, hasn't he, from that season. That's third shout-out for Jeff this, this episode. He'll be chuffed as hell, won't he? Um, he's put some up from that 99-0 season. Ooh, we, we were not a good side back then, believe me. Um, that's defenders cover then, Dan. Uh, so let's move yeah. on to midfield. Callum Guy, 9 out of 10. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Genuinely, he's just been excellent. And- the, the only thing missing is goals. But that's not what really he's in the team for. You've got no, Melis, no, no. Melis to do that. I mean, we, we, a lot of fans have complained about his, uh, his set pieces not being on target. When the club put up his assist video, nearly all of them were set, were set pieces. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think they just need refined slightly. I think know? basically people have got such high expectations because you score so many from yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. When he does a bad one, it stands out. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the problem, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah, but, I think... I think we both agreed nine out of ten he's been yeah, outstanding yeah. this season and um, hopefully let's get him tied down for a longer deal because he seems fairly happy here but yeah. I'd imagine clubs will be sniffing in the summer definitely definitely Joe Riley I, I have to say for, for a player who'd never played midfield before this season there's still flaws in his game but he's adapted so well to that position hasn't he Dan yeah he's he's done really well you know he's, he's not played a lot of football for his age yeah uh I think towards the end of the season, he tired a little bit. 
mm. slightly less effective in the last handful of games. But uh, it certainly had a, a decent season and a, I'd say a good solid 7 out of 10. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I'd give him a good 7 out of 10 as well. I think he's... The one thing I'd like to see is a few more goals from him. That's that's the thing that he's probably missing from his game a little bit. I think he's got the ability. I, I'd like to see... To be honest, I'd like to see him take a few of the direct free kicks because he, he took a few set pieces in the start of the season. I think before Guy really pinned it down as his job. I think he'd like it in the early cup games. And they look threatening. They look good set pieces. But he's barely taken any since. And it would be nice to mix it up a little bit. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the stats here, Dan, right? So this season, uh, Joe Riley for us, has made 42 appearances in the league. Before he signed for us, he'd made eight league appearances in his career. Like five times as many. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that shows how, how much he's improved. And in a new position, full credit to that. So yeah, so we both agree, seven out of 10 there. Um... Big John, John Mellish. I mean, what can you say? I mean, yeah, again, he's got big flaws in his game. Of course he has. But what he's good at, he's done so well this season, hasn't he? Yeah. Uh, I don't think anyone expected the goal return. No. Uh, he's he's not the finished article by any means. He's, I would say Chris Beach would probably define him as a rough diamond. Yeah. Uh, he's still a work in progress. But uh, he's... he's he gets at least eight out of ten, doesn't he? He, he? Well, he doesn't turn 24 till September. Yeah, yeah. No, he, and, he, and he's never played league football before he came to us. 59 appearance. Well, sorry, he's way more 59 appearances now. But, he, you know, how many goals did he match last season? Something like 16, was it, in the end? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's an incredible return, isn't it? For yeah. Your first full season playing in a completely new position. He hasn't come through an academy, so he's not like Joe Riley, where he's benefited potentially from playing in different positions when he's come up through that youth academy. He's always been a defender, hasn't he, when he's come up. So he's moved to this new position. He's learning it. And you could see science one in the season. He is learning. He's getting a little bit better with his, his short passing. He's getting into the channels and looking. I mean, there was times in those games toward the end of the season where we were dire. And he was the only one getting into the channels and thinking, I'm going to put a ball into the box here. Yeah. You, you get yourselves in there and actually have a go and try and get on the end of it. So it's not my job to, you know... To be, to be trying to pick you out if you're not going to make the runs and anything. So, absolutely agree with you. 8 out of 10, definitely. Really good, solid first season in playing that position. More of the same next season, please. Uh, next up, I'd, I'll let you lead with this one because he's your favourite, Dean Furman. Yeah, Dean Furman. I think uh, Chris Beach has admitted the former Callum guy meant Furman probably didn't feature as much as he, 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 he would have liked. But I don't think he really let anyone down when he, when he did feature. Uh, he was definitely off the pitch a lot of the as we've said several times a lot of the squad say he was he was a great role model you know and I think a lot of them were like if if we can be like that at his age we'll have done well in the game so I, 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 it's a bit harsh scoring him because yeah. I know you, I'm, I'm going to say six but he could probably have been a bit higher if he played a bit more if that makes sense I think I'd give him a six. He looked good at the start of the season and obviously lost his place with Callum. He had, a couple, he had a couple of knocks as well, didn't he? So a couple of knocks. And, and the influence of, start. For me, for the influence he's had off the field on the likes of Riley and Malishenko, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. that's a real positive thing. So yeah, six out of ten yeah, for, yeah, yeah. for Dean Furman. Danny Devine, I mean, he's not played too many again. He's similar to Furman, played a similar number of games. But when he's played, I think he's actually looked a really good player. And he's played yeah. at fullback as well. He looked like he's yeah. a player who could fill in there as well. I would. I'm probably. It's quite similar to Furman in that, 
you know, he, he didn't get in the team at the start of the season. When he did come in, when was it? Riley was injured for a little bit. Yeah. He, he, he you know, he, he did nothing wrong, and uh, I'll probably say another solid six. I'd probably go a little bit higher to six point five because he, yeah, he played yeah. those two positions. I think he did really well in both of them, and again, he, he, he's shown he's one who, he's capable of doing. I'm sure he'll be hoping to try and pin down a starting place next season because yeah, definitely. Because he was sort of in and out team, he didn't really get a chance to show what he could do in terms of a goal threat as well. He's not really scored much before he came to us either. But again, he's he's one who he's shown he's more than capable at this level. So yeah, six point five, I give him. Taylor Charters, um, again, he, mostly sub appearances, but that one start he had, he was excellent against Walsall. He looked, he looked like he'd been playing there for years. He didn't look out of place. Really good, solid first sort of full season as a professional. He's got to kick on next season. I, I hope he gets a few more opportunities though, because there were times where I think a lot of us were crying out for him to get at least just a run out because players were looking knackered towards the end of the season. So for me, just because he didn't play as many games, again, I, I'd probably give him a 6.5. Uh, probably six. I, I don't think it's really fair to... I think he's probably one that we're being a bit harsh by giving him a score because, yeah. you know, it was mainly sub-appearances. So. Yeah. But uh, the, f- the future's bright, hopefully, for him. Yeah. Last up in midfield, I put him in here. You could probably put him in attackers as well. Uh, Brennan Dickinson, been desperately unlucky in terms of injuries this season, hasn't he? Especially yeah. as he was just looked like he was starting to show something. And then he gets that injury late on against Stevenage in a, in a, in a dire game. And a game where he scored, with a, albeit a deflected goal. His, his few yeah. appearances coincided with our bad run as well. So, yeah. I mean, it's probably harsh. I mean, he doesn't really get much more than a five. But yeah. that's... That's not really a reflection on him. So no, it's more no, the way no. The team it's, yeah, yeah. And, you know, he's essentially a new signing for next season. You'd hope, yeah. If you can start <laughs> we, season I, I know we said that when he, when he first came back from injury, but... He pretty much is because he only played about ten games, didn't yeah. he? So, and hopefully, if he can stay fit, we can start it, to well, see what he's starting. I'm, to I'm saying five, but there's certainly no reason why he couldn't be seven or eight at least. You know, yeah, if he yeah, uh, the quality's gone, if he's okay. Okay, well, let's bash through the strikers then. Now, Dan, uh, Josh Coyote, um, interesting one because comes in as a sort of target man, and we're hoping he can repeat his goal scoring form and his short spell at the end of last season. Never quite got the chance to play as much of a Tiger Man. He played more out wide. Show he was very adaptable. And his, his, his long throw was such a huge threat as well. For me, towards the end of the season, he dropped off a bit and he didn't look quite as interested. I was a little bit disappointed with the way things went once he got his contract at Rotherham, especially. For me, 7.5 out of 10. I think there's definitely a, a really good player in there. There really is. What you probably got to take into account is he's still only 21. He's still a really young yeah, man. Yeah, I, I, I was, I was going to go about six because oh, he, he, he annoyed me at the end of the season a bit. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, there was there was a report that he was on his mobile at two o'clock. It's, you know, he should be he should be in match day mode then. Yeah, absolutely. You know. But, uh, yeah. you know, I would say Coyote, you could probably say similar for Patrick as well. Sorry to jump the list a little bit, but, yeah. you know, but... It'd be interesting to see if Patrick remains. You know, he's he's got a very big year if he has because he's, he's twenty five now. Patrick, he's, he's another who's at a crossroads. Yeah, I, I feel for him because he's a confidence player, isn't he? Yeah, he, his best spell in the team came when when fans were allowed back yeah, in games. Yeah, yeah, and he was flying in those games, and you can yeah. see he really thrives off the confidence of the, the crowd. And when he plays well, he really drives us forward. And he's oh a, yeah, yeah, a yeah, huge threat. He's got all the ability, but it's it was just, few few and far between, sadly. 
Yeah, towards the end of the season, he was, he was to be honest, he was like every player. He just yeah. dro- dropped off like all of them. Yeah. For me, I'd still give him a good, solid 7 out of 10, I think. Um, if only I'm, for that. That's I'm fine. at 6. You're a harsh toughness. I'm, I'm harsh, yeah. yeah Very harsh toughness, but there you go. If, yeah. if he, well, my argument is, if these players had reached 7 or touching 8, we'd probably be in a playoff game tonight. True. It's, that's, that's a, a fair, <laughs> it's a, it's a very fair point. That's yeah, a very fair point yeah. altogether. But yeah, for me, I'd, I'd give him a seven just because I think he's shown enough over the majority of the season to show he's a good player. Yeah. And I think, I just hope when crowds come back, he really gets confidence. If he stays, of course. Because it's interesting, obviously, we mentioned before, he had an option in his contract, which the club didn't take up. They've offered him a new deal. I wonder if they wanted to get him just tied down to a longer deal or maybe they're, hedging the bet a little bit offering something more incentivized maybe a lower wage but better bonuses to try and get into play better you never know do you um next up Lewis Alessandro uh probably exceeded expectations you could argue with him I think we all thought he was going to be a bit of a squad player and a useful player to come in when we needed but he started so many games I mean I'm looking at the stats here 30 37 games he started he only missed over the season one game yeah, so, yeah, he yeah, made eight sub appearances in the other games he didn't play in. So, eight goals, probably more than we thought we'd get from him as well. You and know? He, he probably made half a dozen as well. Yeah, and, he, and he's a player who, when he played well, we played well. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know? And he showed he could really link play as a central striker. For me, 7.5 out of 10, I think he's, I, he's I think, his I think I think I'd agree with that. Uh, I mean, it, as we've said before, it could be that he maybe comes off the bench a little bit more in the future. You know, he's getting on now and... Yeah. You know, do we sacrifice him for an out-and-out goal scorer? But uh, no, he's he's been excellent since he came in in the 18 months he's been here. Yeah, and I think he linked up really well towards the end of the season with Armour down the left, actually. Yeah, yeah. The Armour was learning a bit from him too, which is really good. Uh, Gimme. Gimme, gimme, gimme. It looked so promising at the start of the season, didn't it? It just... Mm. For me, this we, we talk about Patrick as a confidence player. This is the clearest example of a player who just had a little bit of an issue with confidence, didn't he? And a bit of happiness, really, as much as anything. And anyone who follows him on Instagram will have seen over the last few days, he's back in France now, isn't he, with his family, I think. And he looks really happy. And he looks, you know, he's, he's doing, you know, out playing football with a young, I don't know if it's his kid or a, a nephew or whatever or something, but I've seen photos of him playing football and things like that. And he looks like he's got a smile on his face. And that seems to be Beach's influence to mm. trigger that contract, isn't it? It's like, right... Fans are going to be back next season, touch wood. And with a crowd behind him, he's a player who's going to thrive. He's going to try his tricks. He's not going to play the easy pass, is he? He's going to have a go at players. I can't really give him much more than a 6 out of 10 just because he dropped off so much. But at the start of the season, he was such a, you know, he gave us such a lift in the way he played. I think there's a real player in there. And he did show glimpses. He didn't. He wasn't really involved that much, to be honest, for long periods of the season. He actually only ended up playing 32 games. 18 starts, 16 sub appearances. So it's tough to judge him, really. Not really I, think, I, think, I think he's the one who's got to show he's been worth his new deal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm teetering between five and six. I'll say five and a half. Yeah. On the basis he's got points to prove. Yeah. Take, mm. don't, don't take that as just having a go, Gimme, if you happen to be listening to this. We want you to do well. And that's yeah. that's your encouragement saying, Show us, show us what you've got. Show us yeah. what you've got. Because we saw in yeah. some of those trial in those, yeah. you know, early games, just how good you can be. Yeah. But there you go. Um, next up, um, Ozzy, Ozzy Zanzala. 
I mean, if you'd asked her after his first six or seven games, <laughs> you'd have been lucky to get a three or four. You know. One but, or two. But, uh, you know, after that, he dropped off a little bit towards the end of the season, but I think he was playing for an injury. I think we, we, we found that out yeah, in the last yeah. few games. He looked excellent, didn't he? He looked like a real player. And he, when he was at Accrington, he wasn't the main man, was he? He was sort of being used as a sub a lot, wasn't he? And yeah, yeah. This, potentially, if he signs his new deal, which we hear he, he's likely to, He's going to be the main man, potentially. He's going to be told, right, this is your chance. You're 23, 24, whatever. Go and show that you can be a main striker at this level. Score a hat full of goals and get your big move to a championship club. Yeah, yeah. Show what you can do. I, I, for me, I'd give him a seven. I was just, just going to say, a little bit of a poor start, stop start. With uh, You know, he came in when the club wasn't at its best, but he, he finished it well. He scored some goals, so... Seven with again, he's one who's got potential to push up to eight and nine, hasn't he? And, and again, he's one when the fans are back. My word, he's one who the fans all love because he's such a nuisance, and yeah, he's yeah. got a little bit of the Joe Garner about him, not quite as snide yeah. as Joe Garner, but he puts his elbows in, he throws himself about, and defenders hate him. It's pro- he's, probably probably an upgrade on Olomola the season before, yeah. Olomola was a bit more technical, wasn't he? A bit more, yeah, yeah, clever on the ball. He wasn't quite as clever in terms of being a bit niggly and players not really liking him putting his foot in and his elbows in everywhere, was he? So hopefully Zanzala can, can be that. And I, I think he could be, potentially yeah. be a really good player for us. And then we've got two more left. We'll do Ethan Walker first. I mean, he looked potentially like he was going to be a really good player for us. Then he got that injury, came back, played a couple of games and, and looked pretty poor. And then finally got his chance towards the end of the season. And he, he looked lively in those few games, didn't he? He looked like yeah, a player could do something. He's one I don't really want to rate because he didn't really get a chance, did he? No. Quite similar to Charters. Maybe maybe but, uh, uh, not, not applied with that one, really, maybe. We say we're not going to yeah, rate yeah. him. But if he came back on loan next season, I wouldn't grumble. I think he's a player with... Or, if, he, or if he came permanently. Fair, possibly. It's one of those, I, I, I still think Preston found him as a player, so I'd imagine there's a chance he's going to stay there. Yeah, yeah. And last up, oh, poor old Gavin Riley. Bless him. What, what a hard-working player, but oh, he just never quite worked out. He was it. brought in, and it was a system that doesn't suit him. Yeah, he's one of those ones, I think, we, we, we were never quite sure what the system was until maybe a four or five games in, and once it was yeah. established, he was never really going to get a chance, was he, because he just didn't no, fit in. No. A couple of games, though, he, he got vital contributions against Port Vale, where he set up Mellish's goal. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm a bit of a Riley fan. I've rated him since his Queen of the South days. and yeah. oh, it, it, He's had a bit of a bad season because he got his bad injury for Livingston, didn't he? So. Yeah, for, for me, it's got to be a 5 out of 10 just because he just didn't have the impact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's fair. I mean, like, I wish it could have been more, but it wasn't to be. So Yeah, not to be, not to be. Yeah. Okay, Dan, that's the play review bit done now, so let's move on to the X-Files. Um, not a huge amount to cover this week because it's obviously gone a bit quieter. But well, 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 well. Uh, goals. Mark Ellis scored again, yeah. but it was in his own net this week. Yeah. Uh, Angelo Balanta has become a regular... And yeah, live as we talk, live, live as we talk, Nathaniel Knight Percival has scored a goal in the playoff for Morecambe yeah. away at Tranmere, who are currently two one up at half time. Fair play to that. I mean, you know what? If you get to play at League One level next season, <laughs> yeah. that just sums things up, wouldn't it? Because he yeah. never looked like a League One player for us, did he? But there you go. No, no. Uh, a lot of others though to cover, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, first of all. Uh, Scott has signed for Gateshead, so he won't be coming no. back here pre-season. No. Uh, decent move for him. Uh, yeah. He, 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 
his interview just suggested he just didn't work out and he, he felt he was going to get more opportunities and just didn't. And that's probably influenced his decision to sign for Gated rather than come back and have another go, really. Yeah, he probably yeah. thinks, well, as long as I get regular games, if I score for fun for Gated, League Two and League One clubs will come in and you know, even clubs like you know Peterborough always look and try and pitch, pinch good players from non-league, don't they? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, clubs like Exeter boss Matt Taylor criticised Tom Parks for his physical state after lockdown last year. He said he was unselectable, didn't he? When he came back for the yeah. playoffs, he said, I couldn't pick him because of the state he was in. And start of the season, he, he struggled to get in their team. And mm. he was always quite a big stocky lad for us, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Neil McDonald has been announced as assistant at Walsall to the other Matty Taylor, as in the ex Portsmouth and Swindon did, did amongst others. Skybet got caught out by yeah, this, didn't yeah, they? With yeah. the betting, because loads of people were lumping on it, and they thought, ah, there's no chance he's going to leave Exeter. But then it yeah. turns out it was the other Matty Taylor they were talking about, and they had yeah. to pay out, I think. So. Yeah. yeah, which uh, reminds me very much of the Simpson and Booth type thing we had. Yeah. You know. Ex-players, new deals for Grand and Livesey at Chester. Right, keep, uh, keep on going, fair play to them. David Ravens remaining at Marine. I think he mentioned that on the radio yep. a couple of weeks back. Uh, Darren Kelly, with his massive telly, has left his manager's job at Scarborough for an EFL coaching job. Mm. Uh, Jason Kennedy is now becoming a player coach at Spennymoor. Yeah. And Adam Murray is one of the favourites for the Barrow job at the moment. Yeah. Be interesting to see if that happens. Uh, John Sheridan's in the betting as well there. <laughs> God, can and you imagine? Tony Kirk has left Livingston, his goalkeeping coach role there. And then one that's happened off the back of the Premier League this week, the papers are starting up the Dean Henderson big summer move. Apparently clubs abroad looking at him. As yeah. Well as, as well yeah. as he likes if you... Uh, your Chelsea's in your Spurs and a few others, It's going so. to be very interesting what happens with a goalkeeping position there because they've essentially got two number ones. Mm. So if if Henderson's already sort of said, if if I'm not number one, I'm going. So yeah. we may just get the, we may just get the win, windfall. So. Yeah, we, I didn't think we would, to be honest, because mm. I thought he'd establish himself a bit. Yeah. But there you go. A uh, couple more. Nathan Thomas got relegated with Hamilton. I don't think he's featured too much for them this no, season. Uh, Gary Dicker's in the relegation playoff, isn't he, with Kilmarnock? Yeah, yeah. And uh, just one uh, player of note who got released. There is a couple of us we'll, we'll, that weren't worth mentioning. But uh, Keaton Westwood is leaving Chef Wednesday after several years. Mm. He's not coming back before anyone even suggests it. He, he could not afford his wages. Let's be no, realistic here. No. Lovely as it would be for him to come back yeah. for, for one last hurrah. Um, I just realised, and we did miss one on the goals. Another goal for Callan Higginbotham. Oh, for, yes. For Kelty yes. Hart in the yeah. play. Did they win the first playoff against They won 2 1. I was gutted because uh, the last couple of years I've had, uh, well, obviously not last year, but the years before, I'd had a couple of nice little wins on when Cove hammered Berwick home and away and whatnot. But uh, Kelty were clear favourites this time, so the uh, yep. the bookies have cottoned on to the strength of some of these teams. Yeah, indeed. I mean, there's some very strong teams at the uh, Lowland League and the uh, yeah, Highland yeah. League level, yeah. even the junior level uh, in Scotland well, as well. Well, a lot of the junior teams are actually moving over into the Highland and Lowland Leagues now. Mm, so it's, uh, it's all change up there. But I, I could talk for hours about that separately. Could, so could, could, Maybe, maybe yeah. on another episode. Um, that's it for this week then, Dan. Thanks uh, for joining me. Um, I was, no, not just for this week, for this season. Indeed, yeah. Thank you thank you for joining me for this season. Thank you to everyone who's been listening this season. Genuinely, it's been brilliant. We're, we're going to do a little special episode on 
the United Nations of Car United, where we'll not just look at all the players around the world who play for Car United, we'll look at places that people have been listening to the podcast around the world. There's no new ones this week, I should add. Um, yeah. So we, we, we basically, we, we want to do a little upside down. We'll talk about, I mean, we've had something like 15,000 listens this season, which is absolutely incredible. And, it, and it's started to go up since we launched the Facebook page recently. Yeah, we've we'll, we'll, a few more. We're, up, we're, we're touching, we're, we're aiming for sort of 500 an episode now, which we're, yeah. we're starting to reach. Uh, we've sort of been at 350, 400 quite solidly. Yeah, for a lot of episodes. So, so it's, it's been you know, spread, spread the word about us. Uh, yes, definitely. And like, like I said, over the next few weeks, obviously... The, we're we've got plen- plenty in the pipeline, haven't we? Yeah, we've got a few specials we're going to put together. We've got your. I am going to finally finish off your uh, Play Night <laughs> Eleven. It's, it's, it's difficult because I'm trying to get some little commentary clips of each yeah, player. Yeah. It's taken a while to find. Yeah. You would not believe how we, long it took me to find one of the players. It we've uh, we've got Fox Analytics lined up for uh, yes. a talk about the number yeah. side of the game. In the next we've got weeks. we've got our best 11s. And we've got we've got a couple of interviews to uh, we need to speak to a couple of ex players who uh, mm. have indicated they'd be happy to come on. Yeah. Um, you, the two that we've hopefully got lined up first, we know you'll you'll enjoy both of them. Yeah. Both both big big favourites. Yeah, and then uh, we'll probably be back starting the weekly episodes uh, in early July in time for the friendlies when we'll have the fixtures out at the end of June. We'll have more friendlies and hopefully some signings and changes in the yeah. squad. Yep, definitely. What we might do, we might do a little mini episode on the uh, fixtures release day, actually. We'll do just uh, just focusing on that and talking about the Yeah, we could do a quick half hour or something, couldn't we? Yeah, exactly. That's what we might do. But um, yeah. we'll also, what we'll do in pre-season, we'll do a nice episode from one of the pre-season friendlies where, because me and you are definitely going to be at one of them together, I think. Yeah, yes, yeah. That should be good. So yeah, if you've got anything uh, you'd like us to discuss or any comments or feedback, uh you can find it on the usual places, so at Brunton Bugle on Twitter, by email, bruntonbugle at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook now. Just search for Brunton Bugle and give us a like, and all the episodes go up on there uh, as they go up. Um, and if you haven't already, give us a subscribe, all good podcast apps. So you've got things like ACAS, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Um, if you're on any of them as well, please give us a review. It really does help more people find out about the podcast. We've had some great feedback. It's been really good. Uh, and that's it, Dan. That's it. Mm. It's been a... Interesting season. Long old Different. slog, isn't it? Long old slog. And it's been a long old slog of an episode, actually. <laughs> yeah. Over the 80-minute mark. So there you go. Um, thanks again, everyone, for joining us. Really appreciate you for listening all the season. Uh, enjoy the summer. Enjoy the Euros. Uh, we'll be back in June and July. And uh, up the blues. Up the blues. Up the blues.